Checking his watch during the debate. I didn't pick up on it. Because I was watching on um, Steven Crowder's live stream. But afterwards, a lot of uh, memes came out. A couple, anyways. Uh, came out of Biden looking at his watch. Which harkened back to... Uh, 1992, when you had uh, Bubba Clinton, George H.W. Bush, one of my favorite presidents, uh, and Ro <laughs> Ross Perot on the debate stage. And a big deal was made of it. Uh, George H.W. checking his watch during the debate. Um, body language experts say that this is one a sign that somebody's either one nervous or two uninterested in what's going on uh, not, I'm not gonna it was the debate started at 9 p.m. Eastern time it was in Tennessee and I'm pretty sure they're in the Eastern time zone uh, it went like an hour and a half I don't know at which point Biden checked his watch, but that's just one of those political tidbits that uh, comes out when you uh, follow this stuff too closely like I do. But uh, let's say something here. Uh, yet again, and I don't know if he's going to be nominated for a third Nobel Peace Prize for this, but Donald Trump has brokered a peace deal between Sudan and Israel. Uh, Sudan is a predominantly Muslim nation. And in the past, these places like the United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, and Sudan have refused to acknowledge or recognize officially the existence of Israel. Now, to give you guys history, one, it's a myth that the United States created Israel. Not true. At the end of World War II, Great Britain was still the hegemon or leader of the world. And they had many a colony in uh, the Middle East. Iraq, in fact, was one. Um, Casablanca. I don't know if that's in the Middle East. Probably not. But there was a good movie called Casablanca set during World War II. And anyways, in, in their last act of hegemony, hegemony, however you want to say it. Their last act is the world's leader. Great Britain carved up some of their territory that was uh, Palestine. They there was their colony. That's why people that uh, grew grow up in Palestine and uh, like Lebanon, uh, these were areas where French and British colonies and uh, a lot of people there were forced to, by the British and French to convert to Catholicism one to learn French, English and their native Arabic so very smart people speak three languages I think that's smart 
not as smart as Melania's six languages, but pretty smart. Uh, so Great Britain convinced the United Nations, which was just forming, uh, and other countries to take some of the British and French colonial sectors there in the Middle East and carve up what is now Israel so that the Jews would always have a homeland to return to. And they did this through, uh, I believe, biblical teachings and old maps where this was the traditional Israeli homeland. And ever since then, her Arab neighbors have hated her, uh, her being Israel. So, this is how Israel got its start, is after World War II, there, there would always be a place for Jewish people to go. Um, and these, these deals that Trump is working out are small. Okay, the Sudan, Sudan, I shouldn't say the, it, Sudan is a... I mean, a big country in size, but not uh, in world influence. Now, the United Arab Emirates is a very powerful country in the region. Uh, very strong ally to the United States. It's one of the few, maybe the only Arab country that uh, supported us when George Bush went into Iraq. Uh, frankly, I didn't support George Bush going into Iraq, uh, but I supported the, the men and women that fought there. Um, and I understand the, the reason they were fighting, but Iraq is, um, you know, Iraq was formed out of five different nations. Um, again, in one of these, you know, post-World War things. Um, they took, you know, five things, uh, five countries, pardon me, I should say things, but, you know, there's like Turkestan and there might have been something of Iraq and, um, a few other countries, three other countries and said, okay, you are now Iraq, all of you. Well, yeah, that, that's not going to cause problems, right? So... These little countries, though, Bahrain is a rich country, not big militarily, um, but still not a fan of Israel. Sudan was not a fan of Israel. United Arab Emirates, ditto. So when you get these, you start getting these little pieces to the puzzle and bringing them together, then, then eventually the bigger pieces start to fall into place, right? Like when you're building a jigsaw puzzle, you know, they say, do the outside of the puzzle first and then work your way into the middle. I don't know. I've never, uh, I haven't done puzzles since it was the ones that were like, you know, 10 or 15, 20 pieces that came on a little car, one piece of cardboard and you shook it upside down and the pieces fell out and then you put them back in. That was the last puzzle I ever did. Um, but nonetheless, this is what Trump is doing. He's, you know, ma making this puzzle start to fit together. Now, if he could get Saudi Arabia to normalize relations with Israel, wow. And Saudi Arabia's slow slowly starting to westernize just a, a teensy little bit uh, you know they've had world wrestling entertainment over there uh, they um, they had they allowed women to wrestle which was a huge step uh, there was another Arab country too that the WWE went to and they allowed the women to wrestle 
Uh, it, and that sounds petty, I know. But it, it's baby steps for these countries to come from like the 19th century or 17th century into the 21st century. And you have some uh, progressive leaders in these countries. They're starting to see, hey, look, the things of the past didn't work for us. We need to look to the future. And Trump is, I mean, this is groundbreaking stuff. And the media doesn't, oh, I don't know. This peace deal really isn't that big a deal. It's not that big. Bull crap. Any baby step towards peace in the Middle East between Israel and her neighbors is huge in world history, people. And that's the problem. They don't teach history that well. I mean, I didn't learn this stuff in school. I learned it a little bit in college because my specialization under political science was international relations. Uh, and, and I took classes about uh, terrorism and the Middle East before 9-11 even happened when nobody really cared that much about terrorism because it hadn't happened on our soil yet. Uh, but nonetheless, these are humongous historic peace deals that Trump is ushering in. But that wasn't the point of this. Well, you could make it a point. Uh, you know, sleepy, creepy Joe, the racist bigot that he is, had 47 years to do what Trump did in three and a half. The latter half of the three and a half, as a matter of fact. And the Trump family doesn't profit from this, but most people don't acknowledge Ivanka married a Jewish guy and converted herself to Judaism. So his daughter, Ivanka, and uh, the grandchildren that she, uh, her offspring, her, her children, will be Jewish. And Trump's probably always been helpful to Jewish people. He's helped every other, you know, race, ethnic group, religion. Um, so that's just uh, something. I'll put uh, a link on YouTube to uh, the New York Post article that came out yesterday, actually. This is really breaking news. But let's look at something else here. Um, rapper Ice Cube, not endorsing Trump, but worked on some plans with Donald Trump. Trump has what's called a platinum plan for the black community. Really, it's the uh, all poor minority communities, but whatever. In an article on townhall.com, let me get the writer's name here. A black businessman wrote an op-ed to, to, to Paris Denard. I think I follow him on Twitter, as a matter of fact. Uh, Paris Denard wrote an article. Uh, As a businessman, Donald Trump worked with the NAACP in 1987 and was named chairman of New York Citizens Committee for their 78th NAACP convention. In subsequent years, he worked with Reverend Jesse Jackson and the Rainbow Coalition Wall Street Project, where he attended and spoke two years in a row. In fact, Trump donated space for the civil rights organization to raise awareness about the need of diversity on Wall Street. Now, this is all stuff that the media and Joe Biden and everybody says Trump does not do. They say he's a racist. They say he doesn't... 
he doesn't like black people. Well, he he didn't say that you know busing black students in was going to cause his kids to grow up in a racial jungle like Joe Biden did. Uh, Donald Trump did not eulogize members of the Ku Klux Klan like Joe Biden did with uh, Robert KKK Bird. Uh, you, you know, he. I mean. I'm not even going to get into, I mean, even recently, okay. Biden gaffed. The Biden slipped up and said, you know, black kids are just as smart as black I mean, poor kids are just as smart as white kids. Come on, Joe. Come on, man. As Joe Biden likes to say. Uh, the article goes on to say, Reverend Jackson said Trump, said of Mr. Trump, he created for many people a comfort zone when I ran for the presidency in 1984 and 1988, and although many others thought it was something laughable or something to avoid, he came to our business meeting here in New York. Because he has this sense of curious and sense of... He has the sense of curious and will to make things better. So aside from all his style and pizzazz, he is a serious person who is an effective builder of building for... <laughs> okay, Jesse, made this into a tongue twister. He is a serious person who is an effective builder of building for the builder people. Okay. That was a quote from Jesse Jackson. Uh, it goes on to say, It is not surprising President Trump has taken the same bipartisan approach to government. He's been willing to work, listen, and meet with anyone that is serious about making a great America great again for every citizen. The president has formed unlikely alliances that run counter to what the media says about him to empower and uplift all Americans, in particular the black community. During the 2016 election, President Trump met with a group of black clergy in Trump Tower. After he won election, the Trump t transition team followed the lead of the president-elect and held listening sessions with key black leaders from both sides of the aisle. The major meeting of well over 100 black leaders, organizations like the NAACP, National Urban League, Nobel, uh, I think, okay, I don't know what Nobel stands for. It's not the Nobel Peace Prize, though. Uh, National Action Network, 100 Black Men, that's the name of a group, evidently. National Council of Negro Women, United Negro College Fund, and others held in D.C. There were meetings between the president-elect, Bob Johnson, Steve Harvey, Martin Luther King III, uh, which those two have kind of turned their backs on Trump, uh, Ray Lewis, and Kanye West, who... I don't know if Kanye still thinks he's running for president or not, but he's been a big Trump ally. When it comes to criminal justice reform, the article goes on to say, President Trump and his administration worked with Van Jones and Kim Kardashian, who amplified the work of the White House on the First Step Act and important clemency and pardon actions that helped Americans like Alice Johnson when the White House reached out to Senator Kamala Harris about the First Step Act. Sadly, she refused to return the phone call. So, Kamala, not a fan of the First Step Act, maybe? Um, so, it goes on to say, you know, the Trump White House worked with uh, Robert F. Smith, John Hope Bryant, when it came to ensuring resource, resources were getting... To the, to the most needed during this global pandemic, working with black-owned banks and other organizations on the ground, 
that led to well over 200 meetings, calls, and visitings, touching over 1,000 stakeholders from both sides of the aisle. Uh, he says, I, a proud black conservative, has sat at the table, proud to proud that well-known up-and-coming black leaders like myself have a seat at the table, but I'm most proud of the way the Trump White House has done what the, this president has always done, reached out and been unafraid to directly engage and form unlikely political alliances to get things done for black America. Behind the scenes, the Trump administration worked with hundreds of people and organizations on the ground in the black community that are truly making a difference and impact in these areas of economic development, public safety, education, health and wealth, health and wellness, political justice or criminal justice reform, faith to come up with many of the policies and solutions rolled out to help traditionally underserved communities hit especially hard during the pandemic. When Trump unveiled his second term agenda for black economic empowerment, quote unquote, the platinum plan, it was not quickly, it was not created quickly to pander to black voters the last 30 days of the election. The plan is the culmination of several months of hard work, listening sessions, and working again with conservative leaders, community groups, and experts, and people like Ice Cube. All right, so let's jump over and talk a little about Joe Biden. Joe Biden on the gun violence epidemic. This is on joebiden.com slash gun safety, okay? The Joe Biden plan to end our gun violence epidemic. Joe Biden knows that gun violence is a public health epidemic. Almost 40,000 people, do, uh, these are Joe Biden's statistics, not mine, died as a result of firearm injuries every year. Okay, that could be like hunting accidents. That could be, uh, sadly, children finding an irresponsible parent's gun. You know, parents have to teach their children gun safety, and hunters have to practice gun safety. Um, some of these deaths and injuries are a result of mass shootings, other result of daily acts of gun violence or suicides. They count suicides in the gun epidemic. Come on now. If you're going to commit suicide, you're going to find a way. That shouldn't be counted as a, a gun epidemic problem. Biden has taken on the NRA, National Rifle Association. Uh, 1993, he shepherded through Congress the Brady Handgun Violence Prevention Act, also known as the Brady Bill. Uh, Brady was one of Ronald Reagan's assistants who got paralyzed uh, when he was shot during uh, the Ronald Reagan assassination attempt. Uh, since then, he's kept some three million firearms out of dangerous hands. I don't know how they back that up. Um, he worked with Senator Feinstein against the NRA. Let's get down here. Handgun account manufacturer, holding handgun account manufacturers accountable. Pardon me, this is the first time I'm reading through this. 2005, Biden voted against uh, the Protection of Lawful Commerce in Arms Act. Gun manufacturers successfully lobbied Congress to secure its passage. This law prevents these manufacturers from civil being held civilly liable. It means if you if I if you go out and shoot some somebody that somebody can't turn around and sue the gun manufacturer. Well, duh, that makes a lot of sense because how is it the gun manufacturer's fault that some idiot went out and shot people? Doesn't make sense. 
getting weapons of war off our streets. The assault weapons ban high capacity man magazines uh, along with you know, Feinstein 94 reduce the lethality of mass shootings but in order to secure passage of bans they have to agree to a 10 year sunset provision when the time came the Bush administration failed to extend these things uh, ban manufacturing and sale of assault weapons and high capacity magazines federal law prevents hunters from hunting migratory birds with more than three shells in their shotgun that means our federal law does more to protect ducks than children it's wrong Biden will enact legislation once again to ban assault weapons but what is an assault weapon okay <clears throat> they look they they pick up and show these scary rifles that look similar to what the military carries and they use that as their example but a semi-automatic gun can be a handgun uh you know joe biden says he tells his wife to take the double-barreled shotgun that they probably don't own and if somebody's breaking into the house, run out onto the balcony of their mansion and fire it into the air. That'll scare away the, the boogeyman. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I will say this. I've said it before. Criminals do not buy guns legally. They buy them from, you know, the black market and things like that. If you want to stop the illegal gun trade, don't. Don't go after gun shows. It's been proven that there is no gun show loophole. Uh, there is a black market, and that's where criminals get their guns. Now, some probably buy them from, you know, gun stores in states where uh, it's a little easier. But, you know, I, when I bought my 9mm a couple years ago for home defense... Uh, I had to go through a background check. The guy had to make a phone call. Uh, I had to be registered. Uh, and Ohio is supposedly one of the easier states to uh, buy a gun in. So this is, you know, what they're, they're talking about. You know, when they close up these loopholes, it's really just a gun grab. And with Beto... Beto, hell yeah, I'm going to take your AR-15, who probably couldn't pick an AR-15 out of a lineup. Uh, who knows where this could go, right? How, uh, you know, this is, let me sum it up with this. This is America. It's not about having what you need or what the government determines that you need. It's about having what you want. I don't, at this point, particularly want an AR-15 or a semi-automatic rifle. So, you know, I can sit here and shrug my shoulders and say, I really don't care. But if my neighbor wants one, that's their prerogative. If they're not a felon, they're not mentally ill, they can pass all the background checks, they should be able to have it. Okay? Um, regulate possession of existing assault weapons under the National Firearms Act. Here you go. This is where they're going to come after your guns. Requires individuals possessing machine guns. No one, nobody that I know of possesses a machine gun. A machine gun is a, a rather large military weapon. And it's usually fed by the the bullets are attached to a belt, okay, like a conveyor belt, and they feed through the gun, okay, or they could have a high capacity magazine. But who, how many people own that, and how many people are going to be accused of possessing a machine gun because they own a semi-automatic rifle? which can be a multitude of things. An M M1 Garand that they shot 
with in World War II was a semi-automatic rifle. It only had like an eight-round magazine, but it was still a semi-automatic rifle. Is that a machine gun? Uh, who knows what that what Beto O'Rourke will come up with? Uh, short barrel rifles undergo background checks. They already do all that. Buy back assault weapons and high capacity magazines. This will be a mandatory buyback. In other words, they will man mandate that you go sell your gun back to the federal government. Reduce stockpiling of weapons. What's a stockpile? Is it is it more than two, three? It just says uh, legislation to restrict the number of firearms an individual may purchase per oh purchase per month to one. Okay, so tech, I guess under Biden I can purchase twelve guns a year. Uh, thanks, Biden. So, you know, these are some of the, the big things that people want to know about, though. The, the hunters, the gun collectors in places like Ohio, Pennsylvania, Michigan, they're coming after your guns, guys. It's baby steps, just like Trump's baby steps to peace in the Middle East. Let's go on to Joe Biden on the environment. Now, Joe Biden says that the Green New Deal is not his plan. <laughs> However, the first sentence on his website says, Biden believes the Green New Deal is a crucial framework for meeting the climate, chain, climate challenges we face. It powerfully captures two basic truths at the core of his plan. The United States urgently needs to embrace greater ambition on an epic scale to meet the scope of the challenge. Two, our environment and economy are completely connected. Yes, they are. And our economy will be destroyed in Texas, Oklahoma, North and South Dakota, Ohio, Pennsylvania, New York, when Biden cuts out new fracking. Whether he... It's going to totally ban fracking because what's new? What's new? What's quote new fracking? If I drilled a well and some of the wells have been capped because it wasn't afford or it wasn't uh, feasible, profitable to take the gas out of them uh, just yet. When they start taking the gas out after January twentieth. Will that be considered new fracking? Because fracking is the process of drilling down and injecting water and a couple little chemicals into the soil deep down to fracture it and then pull the gases out. And some of these are liquid gas and petroleum that are making America energy independent and less dependent on Saudi Arabia and the Middle East for oil. Uh, if the United States really wanted to, we could be totally free of any foreign oil because of fracking. Uh, and the Obama EPA said it was safe. So, but when he puts Alexandria Sandy Ocasio-Cortez in charge of this, I won't call you AOC Sandy, I'll just call you by your name. Everyone else called you by your whole life, Sandy. When he puts Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez in charge of this, do you think she's going to find some way to shut down things like the Beaver, Pennsylvania cracking plant? You bet your ass. And that's uh, something that's saving the jobs and livelihoods of a lot of people in my area. I live not far from Beaver, PA, maybe 20 minutes. And people have been working there from all over the place. There's a natural gas-fired power plant outside of my town where there are 500 uh, laborers, construction workers, carpenters working to build a plant right now. 
and it's a small plant. Imagine what the big plants would be like. Uh, but natural gas burns much cleaner than uh, coal and other things. So we've cut our carbon emissions by like 33%. But China, India, and these other countries that were in the famous Paris Climate Accord, they don't have to start doing anything for to like 2030. Why did why did they get you know extra years? Oh well, they were developing economies at the time. Bull crap. China was a world power economically when that Paris Climate Accord was signed. But you know it, it's horrible. You can't hardly breathe the air in China in some places. I've heard uh, because it's so polluted. And we had when they had the Olympics there. China had to build like giant fans to blow the smog and smoke away from Olympic Village so that the athletes wouldn't be choking on smoke. Give me a break. You know, yeah, the United States is a leader, but the rest of the world has to follow. Like there when we moved our embassy to Jerusalem, like Obama, Bush, Clinton all promised they would when they were running. When Trump moved that embassy to Jerusalem, America became a leader in peace with Israel. Now you see little countries around Israel are starting to fall into place, and eventually the bigger countries will too. Um, but it's not happening with this climate stuff because climate technology and economics are tied together and as long as it's cheaper for China and India to pollute then they're going to keep doing it you know Biden says he'll crack down but uh, yeah what's he going to crack down on when his son was trying to work out a multi-million dollar deal with China and give a kickback to his old man um talks about harnessing uh, intelligence of American people and bullcrap. Uh, he wants to ensure the United States is 100% clean is a 100% clean energy economy and reach net zero emissions, that means carbon emissions, which carbon is natural gas, coal, gasoline, he says no later than 2050. On day one, Biden will sign a series of new executive orders. Well, he just they just said in the media, and Biden said, that executive orders have no power. When Trump was signing executive orders, uh, you know, to help with drug prices that have come down since his executive order. So why do Biden's executive orders mean so much more than Trump's? Hmm. Interesting. Uh, he will demand, he will demand, oh, well, yeah. Demand that Congress enact legislation in the first year of his presidency that establishes enforcement mechanisms that include milestone targets no later than the end of his first term in 2025 and makes a historic investment in clean energy and research and innovation uh, you, you know, look, man, Lordstown Motors is building clean energy pickup trucks that take $24 a year to fuel with electricity, okay? The market is making the electric cars like Tesla and Lordstown Motors pickup trucks valuable, Okay, the technology is coming along through private sector. And yeah, there are government incentives and tax credits and rebates and things of that nature for buying electric cars. But that, that's one thing. Forcing is another. A government-forced or government-run economy never works. Ask, ask Mother Russia. Uh, let's go on to Trump's economy, economy, economic, economic key. Sometimes I like 
I like to stutter to be a smart ass. Economy and jobs under Trump. Uh, first major tax reform signed in 30 years. Uh, relief to 82% of middle class families. Doubled the child tax credit. An additional $1,000 per child for working parents. Nearly doubled the standard deduction. Simplified the tax process. Cut small business taxes 20%. Providing $415 billion in tax relief to small business owners. Small business owners are the backbone of the economy. They, they like to attack large corporations. But cutting taxes by 20% on a small business is huge to a mom and pop store a which are few and far between but they are out there uh, family restaurants which are way better food than chain restaurants in my opinion um, alleviating tax burdens 2018 GDP growth was 2.9% the first quarter of 2019, it was 3.1%. Unheard of. Those sound like small numbers, but they're big in talking about GDP. Uh, the manufacturing industry that Obama said was never going to come back unless Trump had a magic wand came back because Trump renegotiated the trade deals and kept us out of the Trans-Pacific Partnership, uh, which Obama said he could not renegotiate uh, 625,000 new construction jobs this is the biggie Hispanic, Asian and African American unemployment rates have all reached record lows under President Trump now they did go back up because of the pandemic but Trump didn't cause the virus he didn't bring it to the United States and Dr. Fauci even said that Trump saved thousands of lives when he shut the economy down. But again, Hispanic, Asian, African-American unemployment have all reached record lows. There are more than 1 million job openings than un unemployed people. Uh, executive order set in motion a new process that makes it easier for businesses to create and scale apprenticeship programs. That's big because in the new economy in America that Obama said would never come back, skilled laborers like welders, carpenters, electricians are in high demand right now. Huge demand for those skilled labor jobs that Obama said, oh, you, you don't have a magic wand. You can't renegotiate that deal. <laughs> Trump did it, buddy. I feel bad for little Obama sometimes. Workforce Development Advisory Council, established by the President, executive order, has already created on-the-job training opportunities for 6.5 million Americans. Again, these are the skilled labor. You don't need a $15 minimum wage when you can get an apprenticeship uh, that pays you probably 15, 20 bucks an hour that leads to a $25, $30, $40, $50 an hour carpentry, um, welding, electrician job. I mean, call, you know, right now, your, your electricity goes out in your house. You call an electrician, you're going to pay him 50 bucks for the house call and 20 bucks for every 15 minutes or half an hour he spends in your house. Uh, fixing what may be like, a, you know, maybe you don't know how to flip the breaker from, like I didn't know how to flip a breaker switch and had to call an electrician friend and walk me through it. But, or maybe, you know, there's bad wiring or something in a light switch. You're going to pay about a hundred bucks an hour to that guy to come to your house and fix that. Maybe if you're lucky, 50 or 60 bucks. If, you know, you get a nice nice guy and stuff like that. I remember one Christmas Eve, uh, the furnace quit running in my house. Well, my grandparents' house. And it was just me and my mom here. And she didn't know what to do. She called some friends. 
she called one electric electric company's uh, emergency number, and the the jerk laughed at her and said, uh, "You've never called me before. Now it's Christmas Eve. I've got my clients at my house, and you want me to come out there while I'm having a family and client Christmas party." Uh, so she started crying. Then she called a good electrician, and he spent 15 minutes, yeah, half hour running a wire from the thermostat <clears throat> because the old wire was just old and brittle and broke from the thermostat to the furnace we paid him 60 bucks he was here a half an hour at most and my mom's friends were here and the friend was uh, not a certified electrician but he knew his stuff so he helped the guy a little bit but you know, 60 bones for coming, you know, probably took him 15 minutes to drive here, 15 minutes to drive home at, at best. Uh, 60 bucks for an hour's work. That's pretty good payday in my book. But those are the jobs that this Workforce Development Advisory Council that Trump created. are Those are the jobs that they're creating. The uh, six and a half million opportunities that's huge huge oops I already clicked on jobs in the economy is there more on jobs in the economy or did I just open that window twice yeah I opened that window twice so you know it, it's the economy stupid uh, you know but these are kind of the compare and contrast between the plans of Biden and Trump <clears throat> I'm sure that the Green New Deal will create jobs in new economic sectors, but they damn well better because they're going to kill the oil industry. They're going to kill the gas industry. A multi-million dollar, well, billion dollar crack cracking plant. You see, when gas comes up out of the ground, there's natural gas, there's propane, and there's uh, sometimes what's called wet gas or liquid gas which can be turned into petroleum for oil and gasoline. Those uh, gases have to be separated, and they're separated through a process called cracking. So you hear me referring to the cracker plant. I'm not talking about saltines. I'm talking about a plant that cracks the various gases apart and separates them, and then they can be shipped out to, to whatever various industries need them. So you're going to kill that cracking plant, which is under construction. You're going to kill the truck driving jobs of the people that go to the plant and pick up the various types of gases. You're going to kill the uh, what uh, the barge. I don't know what they call it when they ship things by boat, but they ship them on barges. You're going to kill the barge shipping industry on the river. So, yeah, the Green New Deal better create more than 7 million jobs that uh, Biden and whoever supposedly says that he's going to create. So, with that, that's just a little compare comparison and, and yeah, whatever. Thank you all for listening. I got to get out of here because you're probably getting bored after 50 minutes. I will see you guys. Remember to pray for each other. Stay. Right, I see here. You kids are supposed to be in Sri Lanka making t-shirts. Uh, <laughs> what are you not, doing? That was David Lerner, for the love of God. You, um, pray for uh, each other. This is going to be fascinating and great fun. Remember to get our out there and vote. Pray for our national kids, right? and world leaders. Um, yeah, there is a lot going on in the world right now. None of whom are yet old uh, enough to drive. But, you know, watch a couple more of my videos. I <laughs> promise they're not said, all well, this uh, long and exhilarating and exciting, and we'll but they are filled with cigar smoke. So, love y'all. God bless you. Have a great day. Well, Dave, shut up, Phil. The kid can play their instruments. Here they are. Please welcome uh, the Sleepy Man Banjo Boys. Mm -hmm.